Hi, everyone. It's Sarah. I'm going to be fast because I want you to get right to Christina Lauren and the awesome conversation that we had with them. But I wanted to give you an update on Faded States, the phone banking Zooms that Jen and I are hosting every Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time between now and the election. As you all know, Jen and I feel really strongly that this election is the most important of our lifetime and one of the most important of anyone's lifetime in America. And we are so excited that so many of our amazing listeners have been joining us to phone bank and hang out and play bingo and win prizes and uh, spend some time saving the democracy that uh, we all love. Please, 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 if you have ever wondered if you you might enjoy phone banking, or if you're sitting at home um, trying to peel yourself off the ceiling, looking for something to do this weekend uh, to make a difference, please, please feel free to join us. Uh, We're going to be calling Wisconsin this weekend. I'm super excited. Wisconsin is such an important state. We're super excited to have it in play. We've got a great special guest turning up this weekend on uh, the Zoom, and we're going to give away some more books and spend some more time with each other and just lift each other up in the weeks before the election on November 3rd. If you can join us, we'd love to have you this week, but we're going to host them every weekend between now and then. You can find links in show notes immediately below uh, the podcast or on our website at fatedmates.net or on Twitter at fatedmates. We are so lucky to have you all. We're so lucky that you're with us through all of this, and we hope you enjoy this episode. It's happening, Jen. We're doing it. It's joy week. It's joy month. (laughs) Whatever we need in 2020. I'm like a cheerleader over here for it. Welcome, everybody, to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean, and I write romance novels, and I read them. I'm Jen Prokop. I'm a romance reader and critic. And we are here with two of our very favorite people. Christina Lauren is joining us. Yay! (laughs) Say hello, Christina and Lauren. (laughs) Hello, I am Christina. And I am Lauren, and we are at my house, and we are looking at each other through a window. (laughs) (laughs) It's really crazy. so nice it did I texted Sarah last night and I was like you know what I want to do I want to sit around with you and our husbands and like drink yeah (laughs) that's all like I just like one nice cocktail be really nice the things that we ask for our bar is so low we just want the little things (laughs) (laughs) somebody tweeted yesterday or a couple days ago like remember we could hug people and go to places and see the sky and the sky was the right color like Lauren is in California how are you Lauren are you okay can you see the sky Uh, well it's really gross out and it's funny because the way the sky filters the sun all of the light in my house is very golden so it's Mm. pretty but in a very toxic way right well you sent Christina out into that Yes, Yes. (laughs) because I am sitting outside. So we don't go. So I flew in um, two days ago, and um, I was sitting by the window, and the view coming in from Utah to California was just awful. Yeah. Just disgusting. My sister-in-law just got married, and they flew back to California today, and she literally an hour ago sent a picture from the plane as they were landing. 
And it was just, I was like, oh, that's really terrible. We're really, I, I used to, I lived in California for about 10 years in the Bay Area. And I just keep looking with horror and like texting my friends and being like, are you guys okay? It's really. Yeah, that's where I grew up. It's where my mom is. And I was seeing yeah. pictures from um, San Francisco. Was it yesterday or the day before where it was, it looked like nighttime at like 1030 AM. It was terrifying. Yeah. Those San Francisco pictures really did look like yeah. dystopian. So mm-hmm. we're thinking of you, California. Um, we're just, we're worried about you out here on the East coast. Thank you. (laughs) It's not like we're doing that great, but (laughs) (laughs) But we're finding space for worry, uh, for you guys. So, um, well, thanks for making time for us. We love you. As you know, um, we loved having you to talk about, um, forced proximity romances at the, oh, yeah. what was that? The end of season two? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> what but you've been on once before and it was great. Um, and we're so excited because this, this season we are spending a lot of time on the podcast talking about what we're calling kind of the work of romance. And there are a lot of things that romance does as a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we really want to celebrate over the next few weeks, um, specifically leading into November and early Mm -hmm. November Mm -hmm. is the joy that romance brings because we really believe that, um, the work of romance is the paramount work of romance. The top of it is joy is bringing readers joy. And as we have been talking about in this season, we're talking about more modern romance and the work that romance is doing now over say the last decade. And it's almost impossible. I think it is impossible to talk about that without talking about the influence of fanfic on romance. Yeah. And so yes. we brought my two favorite fanficers <laughs> here. And I don't know if I told this story. I'm going to, you guys tell us, tell the story about us in London. I don't know if I told this story the last time, um, you were on, but, um, we've known each other for a while. Um, and we've had, mm-hmm. we've, we, we, had our first friend date to Wonder Woman, so I feel like oh my we were God, that was amazing. to love each other. Oh, wait. Did you guys hear the bad news? They postponed Wonder Woman 1984 today indefinitely. No! Oh, no. Indefinitely? Yes. yes. No. Is that because Robert Pattinson got COVID? No, I, I don't think that movie, <laughs> that one movie they tried to release didn't do well, and so now I guess they're just like, we're not going to release any more movies, and I just Like, feel, at all? I don't know. I just Jen. Saw Wonder Woman... <laughs> God, I'm like really shooting the messenger here. I'm sorry, but I'm just like, I swear to God, if they were like, it's $100 to watch it, I'd probably be like, okay. Well, like, do you think it's made? Because that... It's done. It's finished? Yes. Yeah, I think it's just the experience. It was supposed... Yeah, it was supposed to come out originally in the spring, like, you know, May probably, right? And then they Mm -hmm. made it October, and now it's just sitting on a shelf. Just let us buy it at home and we'll watch it. Seriously. Why can't we have nice things, Hollywood? (laughs) I think that they've said, though, I think that they have, um, the director has said this is a movie, like, she wants experienced on the screen. And they also don't want to encourage people to be unsafe and go Sure. To the that's theater, sp- which we that's fine. we probably Christina, would. the voice of reason. <laughs> now it says Christmas, but no, I am making not, no. scared quotes with that Christmas because there's no way, right? Christmas right. 2029. 
We're joy. 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 All right. Well, that's enough. We're, ta- we're talking about joy. <laughs> Cut all that, Eric. All right. So whatever, Jen. We had our first date at Wonder Woman. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and um and then we and then since then we've seen each other kind of in very cool places I think around yeah. the world. We have a destination yes. romance. I think our, like we had a nice like long-term date in London mm-hmm. a few yes. years ago. You gave oh us like God. a scandalous tour of London. I did. I told them all about Nelson, the Nelson column. Um, yes, we would walk up to a statue and she would say, this is da-da-da. And he was known for doing this yeah. at parties. And-, and he had a lot of mistresses and also syphilis. That was yes. awesome. So sure. anyway, um, but when we were in London, I feel like you guys really, it was the first time because I have never been a fanfic reader really, or like had any access into that world. Um, and I, I remember being in London and you guys really like walking me through like the scope of fanfic and how it impacted romance. So yeah. I wonder if we could start there just like with your origin story, because I know it's related and also it's part of your origin story with each other, which is nice. Absolutely. I mean, if we didn't, so this is Lauren, just so you guys learn our voices to the listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we hadn't found fan fiction, Christina and I never would have found each other. Um, And I, so we both came into it in very different ways. I have been writing fan fiction pretty much since I was about 11. I didn't know what it was at the time. Mm. Um, and I think my first like multi-chapter fic was a days of our lives fanfic that I wrote in a notebook that I kept under my bed. <laughs> was it about Jack and Jennifer? <laughs> it was patching Kayla. <laughs> Fine. Um, and uh, I think, yeah. Well, Jen's like, how do I get that notebook? <laughs> I know. I was like, I still have a lot of really fun feelings about Jack and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Oh, I love them. They were so angsty and so great. Um, and you know he was a dirty little shit too. Like oh, was- listen, I'm gonna now admit something really embarrassing, which is fine. Like I basically, I think back in the day, I I invented the idea of the GIF with my VCR because there was this one scene <laughs> of them where you know she's gonna storm out across the room and he grabs her and he like kisses her. And yep. I think I just watched like that scene on a loop like over and over again. Little like twelve year old me in my house oh, in yeah. Ohio. So oh, yeah. I feel like the whole idea of just like no just show me that part just show me that part hey you know what maybe i'll watch that part again i was really on the forefront and that's what draws people to fic is because there's those parts that we get in little bites in the book in the movie in the shows that we want to live in forever right and so i think you know my i then i was writing buffy fic and then i was Mm. writing alias fic but the first fandom that i ever joined online because i am an old and there weren't online alias fandoms at least not when i was writing it um was twilight and i came to it after um reading the books and feeling sort of resentful that I had been so sucked into them (laughs) and, and feeling a little resentful that I would have ended the books differently. Can I have a question? Did you read them all at once or do you mean just like after reading the first one? 
No, no, I read them all at once. So I had been, I had finally read and fallen in love with Jane Eyre as a novel. My dad was getting out of the hospital. This is a long story. That's not that interesting, but I really needed something to get my mind off Jane Eyre. (laughs) And my good friend was like, hey, you like vampires. You should go read this Twilight book. And I was actually offended because I was like, you know how I feel about Buffy. And now you're telling me to go read about sparkling vampires. Like, how dare you? And so I read the books and I was visiting, I was helping my mom transition my dad home and I went to get new moon and my parents live in Berkeley, California. So I went into my favorite used bookstore or actually it was an indie bookstore. And I was like, Hey, do you have new moon from the twilight? And the way the guy looked at me, like if if looks could kill, like (laughs) he wanted to murder me. So I was like, fine, I'll go to Barnes and Noble. So I went to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, right. And they had it there, but in front of the book at Barnes and Noble, there was a note from a teenager that said, um, dear vampire lovers everywhere, this book is an abomination. This does not <laughs> represent vampires accurately. Please Don't do not buy this book. It. And I was like, oh, you're cute. And I like moved the letter aside and got my books and then left. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So wait, I'm sorry. I need to, I need to pause. We'll get there. But like, so this, this particular teenager was like, it's not vampires that are the problem. It's this kind of vampire. Oh, like, correct. Yes. They did not like the portrayal. Yeah. This teenager was like, fuck you. Read and Rice. <laughs> As someone who spent like a decade in the Bay Area, I've got to tell you, I feel that in my soul. Like, right? yeah. I taught those kids who were like, no. Yeah. Okay. So I, I went up to the front with the next in the book, all of the books. I bought all the rest of them. And the woman, I said to the woman at checkout, there was the cutest letter back there that this, some kid wrote. And she's like, is that letter there again? Every day we take it down and every day they come back and write it. <laughs> Oh, I wish amazing. that was the age of cell, pe- cell phone pics because <laughs> I, know. I know. So, you know, basically I read all the books. I really got drawn into them, which confused me because they were YA books. And I considered myself to be an intellectual. I was getting my PhD in neuroscience. I'm reading classic literature that I never fell in love with before. Like, why is this book so addicting to me and I didn't understand it. But when I finished Breaking Dawn, I could not stop thinking about how I wanted the honeymoon to go. And so what I did was I rewrote the honeymoon from when Edward carries her into the water and then basically wrote a million words of fan fiction in a year. Oh my God. (laughs) And I came for the honeymoon and I stayed for the community because that's what fandom is. It's when you find your people. So can I ask a specific question about that fic? That original fic. So you started your fic there at the honeymoon. Yes. And then it went forward or was it just sort of, or then did you finish that and then start something new? So I had multiple fics, but I had a trilogy that was all sort of quote unquote canon of Edward and Bella from the honeymoon, the first night of the honeymoon, and then through the next like probably year of their life. So interesting. Can I tell, so you guys know I'm a middle school teacher and Mm -hmm. I loved the first Twilight and of course had tons and tons of kids reading it when it was really popular. And I was really upset at whatever, was it Breaking Dawn, whatever that last book was. Yeah. I, as a teacher and as someone who really cares profoundly about like the, I don't know how girls are socialized to think about 
love and sex and marriage, I was, and I would verbalize that to like my students who in seventh grade were like, lady, are you kidding me? And I was like, you know what? You know what I hate about this? It's actually okay for you to like get married and think sex is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I yeah. was really, really upset. I never made it fan fiction and now I'm sad, but I, I really, I, I really get that. It was so profoundly disappointing in a way that I felt was really awful, actually, to its readers who deserved better. I think. I mean, I think what I've really struggled with, and 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 let me just say at the outset because I know Christina is going to feel the same way, is that we bow at the feet of Stephanie Meyer because she has built something so incredibly. Um, absorbing and propulsive. And we love her. Like I will, I am not dogging her when I say this, I do think she did her hero a dirty in breaking Dawn in that he was worried the entire series about hurting Bella. That was his one worry. It's why he left her in new moon. It's the only thing he worried about. Right. And then what does he do? He basically hurts her the entire book because, you know, and so I think I wanted to undo that. And if the, the series is we're talking about joy, like I wanted Edward to have joy. I wanted him to just be happy. And yes. actually my, every Edward in the fandom has a different name and mine was bliss word. Right. <laughs> so, um, and that's that so good though. That's exactly the, that, I mean, name is destiny. I say it all the time on the podcast, like Blisswood is how it should be. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, so you wrote a million words of fanfic in a year, which I'm just going to, like, put a pin in as, like, wow, I'm having, I'm hyperventilating. (laughs) And, Christina, (laughs) tell us about your journey. Well, I mean, I should tell you that it took me nine months to write a 140,000-word fic, which tells you all you need to know about Lo and I (laughs) and our personalities and writing speed. (laughs) Because that has not changed. Um, so I did not, I had never heard of Phantom. And we should say, you know, obviously we are not the experts on Phantom. There are going to be people who have been in Phantom their whole life, who know, you know, this is just our experience. Um, so I was 32 and um, I had a hysterectomy. And so while I was recovering, um, Well, I guess I should say when I first read the book. So Twilight was my first fandom. Um, I was in California for the summer, um, the year that Breaking Dawn came out, and they were filming the movie. And my, I live in Utah, and Stephanie Meyer, you know, went to BYU, and so everybody was talking about Twilight. And I just thought it was like a a teenage book, a kid's book, you know, I wasn't all that interested in it. And then my sister-in-law put a copy of it in my suitcase, and we were sitting um, by the pool. My daughter was six at the time, I think, which is funny because she is turning 20 this year. So that's like how long ago it was. Um, and I picked it up because it was all I had. And I read it cover to cover and immediately went out. There was a Borders right there, which is gone now, and bought the second one and then the third one and then the fourth one. And they captured me in a way that, like, nothing had for a very, very long time. Um, So I had um, 
surgery, had my hysterectomy, I was in bed recovering, and I can't even remember how I stumbled across um, twilighted.net, which was, there was, you know, AO3 wasn't a thing then, it was fanfiction.net and, or Live Journal or Twilighted, and Twilighted is where I started, and it had this terrible red background. Um, when you, it was, No, it was a black background with red background. The homepage was red, the, <laughs> there was a black background with white text, and I swear to you, it is why I wear glasses, because <laughs> I destroyed my eyes. So the first fic that I ever found was, um, a re- it was like somebody had finished Midnight Sun. And um, I was like, what is this thing? Like, wait, people are writing the story? Like, I'd never heard of it before. And I just started, I just started devouring um, stories and reading. And then pretty soon it was like I was meeting people and people from all over the world, all over the country, people who are like me, who are different from me. Um, and at one point I started writing and it was crazy because it was like the most fun thing I'd ever done. It was like to have writing these insane people that were doing these crazy things that I had never done. And it was just, I just could not believe that this was a thing that people were doing. Um, and I wrote a fic called The Office, which was, so Lowe's was canon, I, th- I think it was the canon AU, right, Lowe? Alternate yeah. universe, yeah. Uh, yeah, alternate universe. So um, hers were vampires, but my story was um, they were human. So really the only thing that they had in common was that, you know, their names. Um, and that's the way it was. There were human fics that were like, you know, Edward's a bartender, Bella's a you know, uh, attorney, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, so that's what mine was. And it took me nine months to write that. But the thing is, is, and what Lois says about Stephanie Meyer is true is that she created, she gave us this safe space and I had to do, we did this talk one, once, um, an event where we talked about how romance had changed our lives. And, um, I was working, um, my husband got laid off. Um, I, I was writing fic, and it was like I didn't know I had something to say until I was in this place and found my voice and realized that, you know, I, I had so many stories to tell and stuff. Like, that fandom really gave me a voice and a place to use it. And so as you were finding that voice, so were – was it – so the fandom already existed and you, so you all weren't, you all arrived at the fandom after it had sort of already existed. Yeah. So I came into it after the, the fourth book was out, I believe. I think all the books were out. Yeah. And, and so Christina, some people have been doing it for yeah, yeah. a long time, but I think it really exploded after Breaking Dawn came out because, um, there were a number, a lot of fix when I joined, I joined in early 2009. Is that right? PQ? Yeah. Um, and then, um, and that's, that was sort of like, the, I think the heyday 2009, 2008, nine and 10 were like the big explosion for twilight fic. And so do um, you think that it's because twilight had sort of hit a, um, a tipping point or do you think it's because breaking dawn had so, so many people had so many big feelings about breaking dawn or something or a little bit of both? I think it's because the movie, Twilight, the movie came out in the fall of 2008, I believe. Oh. Okay. 
So people were like lusting after Rob. I mean, he, they were like, <laughs> who is this? It's so funny. We have such like, it's such an odd maternal pride watching Rob now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like watching your kids graduated and like, <laughs> and they like, got oh, another job. Rob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's never going to live in your basement. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about the value, the what what fanfic really does bring though, because there is something to this idea that it is so joyful because you are able to write the world either to rewrite the world and sort of restructure it so that it ends the way you want or so that it exists the way you want, like Lauren did, but also this idea that you can sort of continually revisit these characters in their life and see them Right. In happiness. Right. Is, yeah. is is it fair to say like fanfic is really about happily ever after like forever? Yes. You're not ready to let them go. Some of them are. I mean, there's, and, and there's also a lot of fics that just like playing in the world. I mean, there are plenty of angsty fics. Um, but when you, when you say that, I feel like my brain sort of explodes with all the things I want to say because, <laughs> go, you know, go. Pe- <laughs> people come into fan fiction intentionally, meaning that sometimes they come in knowing they are entering a fandom space and they want to join that community and they want to feel the vibe. And that's because they have done fandom in the past, but some people come into fandom totally green. You know, they have no idea what they're getting into. They write a story (laughs) that they have in their head and they cannot get out of their head and they don't ever expect anyone to read it. And I think that that for me was what happened for both Christina and I in twilight fandom. And that happens for so many of the women that we have met in this fandom is that they come in because they have this connection to the characters and they have a story they want to tell and they just need to get it out of them. Mm -hmm. And they do that. And then all of a sudden it takes Mm -hmm. off because they've done something really wonderful because it's been an inspired story that played with these beloved characters, but did something totally different with it. I mean, an example would be Wide Awake by Inks Goddess. I mean, that fan fiction was so huge. It was about two insomniacs. They had very traumatic pasts. They worked through it together. It was incredibly angsty, but it was such crack. Like, you couldn't stop reading. Um, And so there's a lot. There's so many examples of fic where people have come in and just written what's in their heart, and it just blew off the pages or the screen as it were. And so I think one of the things that's cool about this group of people who are mostly amateurs coming together is one, you are meeting women who are anything from, uh, they work at a coffee shop. They are, um, stay at home moms. There's so many attorneys. There are pediatricians. There are scientists, um, physicians, and everything in between. And you're meeting these women who are all finding themselves in this fandom, kind of like, what are we doing here? You know, (laughs) we're grown women. Like, why, (laughs) why are we doing this? Um, and then you just realize, holy crap, this place is filled with talent. So like when you're talking about what fandom has done for romance, I feel like in particular, the Twilight fandom birthed so many talented writers that had no idea that they had a story to tell and until they started doing that. Like I did not, I did not know how to write 
before. I'd never written anything creatively, like just for fun in my life. Like I was still getting, I was getting reviews that were like, do you know how quotation marks work? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you're like, look at me me. now, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I still, I still don't. That's debatable. So (laughs) Um, it, it taught me how to write. It taught me how to write. I could not have done the job I have now without that. We call it fandom boot camp like yep we it it taught me how to write how to like construct a story how to have an online presence how to deal with readers in an online space how not to be a dick online like yeah uh, it yeah I learned almost everything I know but we always say that that we feel like new debut authors should have been in fandom yeah. at some point because you're going to take your lumps. You know, yep. you're going to get yeah. negative reviews. People don't pull punches online and you know, it's, you're going to have to learn how to navigate that. But as much as Christina says, like f- fandom taught her how to write. I mean, the reality is that fandom is also teaching romance how to be now. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much about romance now that I think, you yeah. know, Jen and I have talked, we've talked on the podcast, we've talked off the podcast a lot about um, this kind of new world of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the new romance, the new contemporaries, the trade w- that are often in trade, right? Things that are yeah. marketed as rom-coms. And I feel, and, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like fanfic has really brought that to us in mm-hmm. some way. Um, I think one of the things that Jen will probably <laughs> groan about. Is that I, I think fanfic puts you in the reader's experience. We are all, we're not self-inserting, but we are all writing in, at least in Twilight as Bella in Harry Potter, you are writing as one of the characters for the most part. And so, you know, first person, present tense, first person, past, you are getting so much of that because you are exploring the world of these characters that you love. You're putting yourself in those characters. And I think a lot of these stories where it wasn't like, like you would put Bella and Edward in a coffee shop. They would run into each other every day and have long conversations about life. And then they'd slowly fall in love. And then you would get 12 chapters of them making out <laughs> intensely. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I think the thing is like, and those would just be so popular because we just want to be there longer after the crew leaves. Do you know what I mean? We want that like at through the end, we want to see what their happily ever after looks like. And so I do think publishing paid notice to that a little bit and it let us be a little bit more navel gazy with our romances. Like mm-hmm. we can spend more time with the romantic pair. We can be in first person present. We can have this more like immediate experience of the story. Um, well, and I do think a lot of that came from fandom. Is it also plausible that the cinnamon roll comes with fandom as a side? <laughs> <laughs> Like say is it yeah. fandom is this spring is the is the frosting on the top of cinnamon rolls? I mean cinnamon you know, roll heroes. I do not know what the cinnamon roll means. Oh. Well like a softer hero. Like a hero oh, who's yeah. like Well, I think it depends know. because I mean the fic I wrote, he wasn't really uh he was a he would be considered an alpha, I guess. Would would he be called a beautiful bastard, perhaps, Christina? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was, yeah. Um, but I also think like one reason why, you know, so much of it 
kind of feels like fic in some ways because there are a lot of writers out there right now who did come from fan from our fandom that we were mm -hmm. in. Um, I remember a time going into Target and seeing so many of the books on the shelf that were yeah. like, I wrote with her, I wrote with her, I wrote with... That must be, have been... That's an amazing feeling, though. I mean, that must I mean, be... so much we success so from proud. a group. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can you name some... Uh, just for the purposes of listeners, like, who are we talking about when we say, like, here's the group. These are the people who came up with us. Well, it's... Uh, so it's a big group, but I will say it's some people published their fic and some people did not. So... Mm. But people um, who came from... from who from, came yeah. from Fandom. Yeah. Okay. Sally so we, Thorne. We, we knew Sally Thorne. There's Alex Clayton. Um, there's Nina Bochi. There's Tara Sumi. Um, Amanda Weaver. Who else were we writing with? Um, Rebecca Weatherspoon. Helena Hunting. Helena Hunting. Um, Daisy Prescott. I mean, e. I mean, obviously E.L. James. E. Yeah, E.L. James, e. James. Obviously. Who else? Um, Every one of these names is a name that people know. I mean, like, yeah, it's yeah. wild. Oh, and you... Ruth Clampett. Ruth Clampett, oh, sure. she's awesome. I mean, and then on top of it, I'm just going to say, earlier this week when we were sort of planning the, and scheduling, um, Lauren, you said to me in text, you were like, you were naming some people and you were like, oh, I don't know, but that feels like she came from Fic. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk a little, is that like, is that as simple as like, well, first person present, like maybe a little bit like her, definitely heroin focused or is there something else that kind of just, yeah, like what are the tells? Yeah, like what's the meat of that? Um, I think a lot of the early indie romances had that fanfic feel because it felt like stream of consciousness writing. Mm. Another example I think that felt like fic at the time was Emma Chase's Tangled because mm -hmm. that one was mm. told from the hero Drew's perspective, which was a very fanfic thing to do is to write from the male perspective. And it, he was cocky and funny and he was, you know, like talked about her boobs and like it was a lot of the things that like we sort of like the way that 2010 2012 2013 us thought guys thought about stuff and obviously we have really evolved our language in both as a society but also as a subculture within romance since then but those books I think really had that fanfic feel where it just sort of felt like you were writing, it was the flow. You're writing from a place of the flow versus this like plotted out, um, outlined, very like strategic mm, yeah. book, right? Because for those of you who don't, for the people, for people listening who don't, have never sort of even touched AO3 and like don't know what it looks like over there. I mean, like what's amazing for me as a writer, as somebody who's never been in this world, is the I the very idea of dashing off a chapter or not dashing off, but like writing a chapter and then posting it without mm -hmm. any in some cases like any knowledge of what's to come next, any not like you that that that's bananas to me. <laughs> yeah. I would never I would never allow it. There's no safety net. <laughs> I wrote 2,000 words this morning. Nobody is going to read that until the summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> next summer. But, um, I mean, that's how it would be. We would write, and then I would write at night after my kid was asleep, and then I would post it and go to bed and wake up and read reviews. Like, I didn't have anyone data reading it. Did you know where yeah. you were going? Is this an issue of, like, you knew where you were going next? Or, like, were you also taking, are the reviews, like, giving you, the feedback is, you know, 
one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently online is this discussion of like reader feedback and who it's for. I mean, this is like a constant discussion now, it feels like in romance and other areas of, of writing. And it feels like reader feedback being valuable to an author or not valid, not just valuable, but being integral to the creation of a project is something that really does come from this world. I do think so. I mean, so for example, my first fan fiction, the post honeymoon or the honeymoon and later was the first one was let your light shine. And the second one was, it was called a life extraordinary. And with let your light shine, I didn't even realize people were reading it that much. So I knew what I wanted to do. But once I started the second one, the first one was like 63,000 words. The second one was 350,000 words because, because, because I, I, but I would have people messaging me saying, I would love to see a scene with the Cullen's doing X, Y, Z. And I'd be like, Oh my God, that'd be so fun to write. And I would write it. So it was almost like this, like collaborative process with the readers where I was their Mm -hmm. conduit, right? Like I was writing this, um, scene, but they want like writing the things they wanted to see. And I loved that. Yeah. I mean, like as a reader, that's a magnificent feeling, but we really had to train ourselves once we published to not listen to that kind of feedback because, we it it that like that way lies madness. You mean now? You know what I mean? You mean now, Christina yes. Lauren? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it has given readers the sense that they have that input, right? And they don't. Right. I mean, they just can't. So. Yeah. It kind of reminds me in some ways of like if you've ever met someone who's gone to art school, mm-hmm. and they talk about like the you know. I forget what it's called, right? Like your projects are done and everybody puts them out and then the critique happens. And it's, and it feels like there's like a time and a space for that in like artistic creation. But at the same time, if you don't have that super hard shell, mm-hmm. it could, I'm sure be completely destabilizing to like future production, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's gotta be a point at which it can't, you know, you have to move forward and be like, but this is what my art, this is what I want to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because Lowe's experience writing fic is so much, is so much like happier (laughs) in some ways than mine because I'm such a, I'm such a slow sort of like, uh, I just have like the worst case of imposter syndrome and it is literally no different now than when we were first, like when I was writing fic because it would take me. It would take me, I mean, it was, so for me, fic was really fun in the beginning. Um, And then as soon as people started to pay attention, it wasn't as fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And Lo just, you know, she could just, her her baby was asleep and she could just write 12,000 words and post it. And it was like, doot, doot, that's it. You know, and I would just, (laughs) I I just like stressed and agonized. It would take me just weeks and weeks and weeks to get it. And, um, and then even when I put it up, I, I just was like, oh my God, it's awful. It's this, you know, but you do get that, you do get that instant thing of like comments and reviews coming Mm -hmm. in and some of them are lovely and I noticed one thing is that like you know Wattpad the way I don't know if people know what Wattpad is I'm sure they do but Wattpad is designed where like every swipe on the phone is like a read and people are encouraged to like leave comments in the middle of the text that are just like OMG or this is so hot or I'm dying or whatever Mm -hmm. but on fanfiction.net some of the comments were really really thoughtful like they were really constructive criticism they would tell you I love the way you did this you know something but they would also be like 
you know, next time they have sex against the window, I hope that it breaks and they like fall to their death or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and those are equally as valid. <laughs> Um, Lauren, you said to me earlier this week, you were talking, I think you were talking about Tara Sumi's The Submissive. Would you tell that story? The community of it. Um, so, you know, we all, I didn't have Twitter until I joined fandom, but this was like a, it was kind of newish, I guess, at least it seemed new. And we all had fandom Twitters that ended up getting very big. And, um, that's just because there were so many people in fandom and, there were certain stories, and I should say as an aside, one of the reasons I think for Christina posting was more fraught is because she had an incredibly popular fic. I, I had way fewer readers than she did, but hers, I mean, hers was mentioned in like MSN articles and stuff. I mean, it's a very big fic. So there were some fan fictions. The Office was one of them. And then the other that was very popular was called The Submissive by Tara Sumi. And we would all be chatting on Twitter and doing our thing. But when she posted, when Tara posted on Tuesdays, Twitter would shut down. Like our feeds would go silent for about 15 minutes or so. And then we would explode with like gifts and pictures and quotes from it. And just like all cap shouting. And I mean, it was like, it was, it was a movement. We were all doing this I together. So even though we were in totally different places all over the world, the literal world, like we would all be doing it at the same time. Um, and so we'd have jokes about like, you know, everybody goes to the bathroom at 10 AM on Tuesdays mm-hmm. because like <laughs> you know, you know, I, I got a Blackberry so that I could read thick at work. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Like I love, this gives me such joy. Like talk about joy, yeah. right? Like the idea yeah. that the thing that you don't that you don't get when you're when you write the way that like I write or you guys write now is this sort of sense of like everyone reading at the same time this mm-hmm. idea that like you're really right. making an impact on people's lives and also there's something really powerful about like everyone knew she was posting on Tuesdays mm-hmm. every like it was like watching television in live like mm-hmm. you know right. all together and yeah. then it was the Twitter water cooler, uh, right? So oh, yeah. then we were not as well rounded. So like our most people who had Twitter, they specifically had it just for fandom. fandom. Sure. So yeah. it was like mm. we weren't following other people, it was like maybe really celebrities nice. or you know. <laughs> it was nice. But, so we were all talking about the exact same thing. And, and that's where you would was. find wrecks and people would post graphics for their favorite. Yes. You know, because we had in the fandom, we had graphic designers. We had writers. We had people who just loved to read. I mean, we had Man, it all. Blogs, pimping. We had fan artists <laughs> and, and people who did web design. And so that was actually one of the reasons that we decided to do, I think we mentioned to you, Sarah, the fandom gives back charity that we'd done because it was this fandom full of like talent, like crazy, Tell everybody crazy about talent. It. Um, um, so we in, um, what year was that? 2000. 2009. Yeah, so like the end of the of two thousand nine, um, there was this. There still is a charity called Alex's Lemonade Stand um, that you know raises money for childhood cancer, and so you know we. It's funny because fandom was a lot like romance in that, like Lo said, 
every, it's so collaborative. Everybody is pimping everybody. Everybody is reading everybody. You know, we're all talking about each other's stories and things. And so we had this idea to come up with um, an auction where readers could bid on their favorite authors to write an outtake. And then all that money was going to go to charity. So we had somebody um, build a site and... Um, it, we should it say was, we did this with Nina Bochi. With it Nina, was me- yeah. yeah. Um, she did it with us. Um, the Inks Goddess, who, who Lo had mentioned earlier, who had, like, one of the biggest, like, if you were to say, like, the OG sort of, like, Twilight <laughs> fic, that's what that would be. Wide awake, yeah. So we did this We did this thing where people would post, and at the end of the first one, I think we did it over a weekend, we raised, I don't know, we did it for, we did it Wait, two no, years, I think. The first, we did it three. The first year raised $238,000 in the, oh wow. the second one. In, in all three, we raised three quarters of a million dollars for wow. Alex's Lemonade Stand. And it was just people offering outtakes of their fic. And what they would do is they would say, I will write. Um, 10,000 words of whatever scene you want from any of my stories. And then readers would band together and bid as a group. And so some of these raised like anywhere from 2000. And then there was one that raised $10,000 and people were selling graphics for stuff. People were selling website design. I mean, it was really a thing. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Two years, right? Lo? I thought it was three. I think that we were only involved for two. Well, yeah, we were just in two, but I think Fandom Gives Back did three. Yeah, okay. you're right. But it raised like three quarters of a million dollars or something. I can't even remember now. So yep. with all of that said, I mean, let's talk a little bit about why there's still there are still places and and a lot of places where fanfic is kind of a dirty word, right? Like people yeah. look down their nose at it. Is there is there some reason, is there, I mean, there are probably lots of reasons, but like, can you talk a little bit about that world? Like that, why that is, why that feels like it is? I think it's a couple of things, right? I think it's one that it's like people who are quote unquote obsessive fans feel a little like weird, right? (laughs) So like, you know, why are you so obsessed with this thing? If you want to write, just write your own stuff. You know, there's a bit of Mm. that. Um, there's a bit of, especially in Twilight fandom, we got a lot of shit for being grown women writing fanfic for a YA novel. Um, and I think there were, for a lot of us, that sort of identity crisis of like, what are we doing here? You know, I'm, I'm a scientist. My other really good friend in the fandom is this like super high powered attorney. You know, Christina was working at a counseling office. Like we have these real jobs and we're writing fanfic for this book. But you know, the truth is it gave us joy. Like we found each other. We had a blast. And, um, so I think at some point we all just felt confident enough being that we stopped defending it, but it didn't, mean that we didn't still get shit. And I still get shit. Like when people find out, like if they read the back of beautiful bastard and they see that it's the rewritten version of the office, um, people are like, Oh, it came from twilight fan fiction, you know, but it's like, it's just, they don't understand. But I mean, I feel like it's, don't you feel like it's, this is like romance's problem though, too. I mean, it sounds like this community was, was also women, like Mm -hmm. mostly talking about sex and love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it feels like it's a similar root problem in some ways. Well, the world doesn't like it when, when women 
decide that they're going to like something without men. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so before before we published Beautiful Bastard, Lo and I um, decided to write together. We um, had written a YA book that was like Greek mythology, and we were going... Um, we had started querying. We deleted our fandom accounts, not because we were like embarrassed of writing fic, because you know we tell everybody, we've always told everybody, mm-hmm. but because we were worried that we wouldn't be taken seriously because, mm. like, I think it was the day we found out, like, one of our books was going into acquisitions or something. We were like, oh, my God, they're going to think that we're idiots, or you know, and I think we deleted them. And then later, Holly Root is our agent, and when we, we like, had a conversation with her where we were like, you know, um, I think this was when 50 was first coming out um, and people had started to ask me about my stories. We hadn't told Holly that we wrote fic. And so we actually had a phone call with her where we were like, so Holly, there's this thing that we have to tell you um, (laughs) that we wrote fic. Oh my God, panicky. And, And she was like, wait, so you mean... And I think she Googled us or something, and she's like, so you're trying to tell me that you were, like, a big deal online? And we were like, no, 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 no. That's and she was like, I don't see how this is a bad thing. And we were yeah. like, oh, right, okay. You know, but we seriously thought, sure. like, we were going to be in yeah. trouble or, you know. <laughs> I love that. That really checks out, too. <laughs> I mean, for everybody, I mean, I've certainly had those meetings where I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. And it's a real silly thing. But that's real. Like that you the amount of the amount of times that we as writers, as writers of stuff that is disdained in the world, like the the amount of times that we actually um, really struggle with our internalization of that stuff, even when we're proud of it. Um, that's real. That's so real. I feel like we can't have this conversation specifically without talking about kind of how Beautiful Bastard came to be. Yes. Because Let's do it. Jen's okay. favorite. I was like, please. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I said this before we started recording, and I'm going to say it again. I reread Be- Beautiful Bastard this week. And in preparation, you know, it was research. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I want to be really prepared. Um, and it is still so delicious. Like, it holds up perfectly. Aww. I'm sure I've said this before. It's really grim. And two years ago, it was kind of a joke. And now it feels like a little bit more like I'm planning for something real. But if I really love a book, I make sure it's in paper. Because that way, when when society really crashes and my Kindle doesn't work anymore, I can, like... <laughs> Keep reading until I, you know, they come get me. And uh, Beautiful Bastard and Beautiful Player are definitely in paper for this reason. Um, Also, Bezos is going to make sure your Kindle is the last thing to go. Just (laughs) FYI. (laughs) You know what? I'm not even mad about it. I'm mad about a lot of things, but great. If if he's got that, fine. (laughs) Okay, so talk about Beautiful Bastard, please, which began as something called The Office. The Office. So when we were first setting up Fandom Gives Back, we all took our fix offline for a little while because we, the three of us, Christina, Nina, and I, had written really sexy fanfics, and we were raising money for a children's charity. And so we didn't (laughs) want our names to be associated with, like, if they said, oh, Lola Shoes, this fanfic writer, and the people Googled that and saw that I had, like, you know, 
Edward, like, recording video of him having anal sex. Like, I don't know that we necessarily <laughs> wanted that to be I mean, the picture, right? Seems fine to me, but this okay. Was a time, this was a time when they were, like, anything for, like, crazy twighthards. It would yeah. end up on the news. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we all took our fix down, and I used that time to edit them, and I eventually reposted them. But Christina never put hers back up because it had been such a, the office had been such a huge fix that it was just messy. People found out where she worked. They were finding out where she lived. They what? would like send. Yeah, no, oh. she had like crazy readers, and so oh. it just got to the place where she didn't want to do that. But she had pulled it down, and then. Um, Fifty Shades, which was originally Master of the Universe, was a fic that I believe was written in 2010. So it came a little bit later than the submissive in the office. Um, but it was very big, as you can imagine. It was a really popular fic. We've heard and of when, it. Yeah. And when Erica pulled that, um, she pub- she um, reworked the names, and then she published it with the Writer's Coffee Shop, and it was eventually bought by Random House, right? So that was when it was published. It took off all that. But because of the sales of Fifty Shades, publishing suddenly was like, what is this? Are there (laughs) other stories? (laughs) There are women somewhere doing something. (laughs) Yes. And like, are there other stories that have this same vibe that we can buy and we can make our Fifty Shades money? And so Mm. uh, there were a lot of, uh, of writers who published their fic to varying success. And it was a very heated conversation in fandom. And I do think Christina and I like have always come out on the side of like, listen, when this first happened, we were very against it. We said publicly, we think these stories belong to the community. We don't think they should be published. And we eventually did rework one of the fics and publish it. And so we had to eat some shit for that. And we will like, we don't have any problem that there are people who are going to be mad about that for the rest of their days. And that's fine. So can I ask a question, just like a, a sort of nuts and bolts question. If you publish it, then you have to take it down. Is that sort of the, I just think you should, because otherwise rule. somebody can just read it for free. Like people, you can leave it up. I think actually Anna Todd left after up on Wattpad. I don't think it's, it might be down now, but for a long time it was still up even when the books were coming out. Okay. Um, and you know, and and people change them to various degrees. So like, for example, 50 shades is pretty much written as it was as the fic. It's just got different names in it. Some people basically completely rewrote it. So what happened was somebody, because Christina's fic had been down, somebody was sending it out to publishing houses as their own. It didn't have her name attached to it. It had a pen name. And I'm so we so were getting angry. So oh, wow. we, we would, we've got a couple different emails from people within the community, the publishing community saying, Hey, this came across my desk. And, and they just happened um, to also have read it like as fic. Yeah. There Holy are a lot of fandom. People. There are a lot of fandom people in publishing. Yes. No, I mean, and I so, believe it. My God, but oh, this yeah, is yeah. lucky. Yes. So we took, went to Holly. This is why we called Holly. And we're like, listen, this is a thing that, you know, we used to do. Here's what people are trying to do with Christina's fix. What do we do? And so our original plan and Christina's like, I don't think I can make it something new. That was the first thing I ever wrote. I don't know how to go back in and make it better. I don't want to make somebody pay for something they could have read for free. So like she, our plan was that she was going to send it to me. I was going to completely rework it. And then we would post it online for free just so that people knew that it was hers and that they couldn't sell it as their own. 
Um, but then what happened was we cut off the last 70,000 words. We completely rewrote it. It was only about 20% of the fic was in there. And so when we showed it to Holly, she's like, well, let's just see if there's a publisher who wants this. And it sold in 12 hours. So we had been on submission with our YA book for six months. That is amazing. And, and, and Bastard sold in like 12 hours. And so we, you know, that was a real thing for us though. It was like, when you say having that awareness of like people noticing what you're doing, talking about this fanfic thing, all of that, that was kind of a big deal because it was like suddenly the entire world was noticing fic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and having a lot of opinions about whether that belonged to us, whether it belonged to Stephanie Meyer, whether it belonged to the community, like who owns these stories was what happened to the people who were trying to sell your stuff as them as their own. I, you know, I don't even know. I just, um, I remember it was really funny. I was, so my, um, I, th- I had started to say this earlier. So my husband was laid off and I work in a school and I didn't get paid in the summers. And so I remember I was freaking out. And so I had asked my principal what I could do. I was cleaning schools for the oh summer. I was scrubbing lockers, you know, cleaning toilets, doing all of this stuff because I needed to make sure I had grocery money. Yeah. And um, I had gotten to a place, Lo and I were querying. We had been writing. So, you know, this was probably 2011, I think. Um, you know, the thick had been down. I think. Yeah. So it yeah. had been down for like a year and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, people would ask me, why don't you publish this? And I would, I would say, no, you know, unless I could find a way to make it new, I'm just not interested. Da, da, da. So this summer, I remember I had got a, a copy, like a, an entertainment weekly magazine or something that had 50 on it. And in the exact same day, somebody called me and they were like, listen, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if this is you, but I just want you to know that the office of different names just came across my desk. Wow. And I was just like, what? Shattered. I'm you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. I, what? Because I just did not think, because I just did not, I had never had plans to publish it. That's not saying that I don't think people should be able to publish theirs. Sure, obviously. No, but I mean, ours. also, it wasn't right. theirs to publish. No, totally, sure. totally. But um, you're so kind. I'm like, <laughs> name and shame. I, mean, <laughs> I just think that <laughs> I mean, just, it was just such a strange time. And there are so many people who, I mean, pull to publish is just a really heated thing. And there are a lot of people who feel like there is an unspoken rule in the fic community that this is a thing we don't do. And I, one, like Lo and I, we, we totally understand that. And there are people who are never going to read but a book But you got to feed your kids. And if you're talented. No, totally. I it, mean, was, right. it was funny because I was literally days from telling Lo, I can't do this anymore. I've got to find a different job. You know, I'm not going to be able to be the like Christina half of your Christina Lauren. And um, then you sold it. And God. then, yeah. and then we got the call a few days or some, I can't even remember what it was. It happened so fast. The beautiful bastard sold. And I remember Adam Wilson, our editor at the time, he wanted to read the original because he wanted to see how much was different. And I was so mortified because they wouldn't let us change some things. And if I would have known that Trader Nipples was going to follow me, (laughs) I might have thought. We all have She wanted to take it out. And I was like, veto, veto, veto. (laughs) We all have that from our first book, Christina. I have Sweet Rain. So you have to have that. Yes, trader nipples. Oh, that's so that's going to be you the pin what? for this episode, FYI. Okay. <laughs> it's what I deserve. As someone-
someone who is like on the like kind of outside of this conversation, like pure reader, pure critic, it's also fascinating to like think about how destabilizing that probably is for a community mm-hmm. to think like our community is based on this like shared experience mm-hmm. of things we make kind of together, but now it can be monetized, but only by some of us. Right. Yeah. And I think that that was a lot of the source of the heat. I also think fandom gives back taught some authors that they can monetize it. Right. Because they right. saw, Oh, I just got paid. for 5,000 words. That's insane. I could be making money doing this. So, I mean, I think that whole time was a very wild thing within the fandom community, but also in the sort of way it exploded out onto the romance scene. But there's also something to be said for the size of the community itself, right? So in the in the also preparing for this um episode (laughs) i went you know just sort of generally looking for some piggy blinders fanfic just that i could get a feel for (laughs) what it's like out there (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and i mean the reality is is like i definitely was down the rabbit hole for some hours on some of this fanfic and enjoying myself quite immensely um but like the difference between the peaky blinders community and the twilight community is Fairly massive, I would assume. And so I think, like, the monetization, the the sort of opinion on monetization has to come also with, well, some of us are writing fic, but it's just not popular enough to get attention. Right, but I, I, okay, so I think there's that, but I also think there's there's a bit that is, like, so Twilight, my fanfic, for example, could never be published because it literally starts with a line from Breaking Dawn and takes it from there, Right. A lot, the, one of the reasons why I think Twilight, Harry Potter, those bigger fandoms were different is because what they ended up doing was taking the characters, plucking them out of the vampire universe. And now Edward was a copper haired hottie who works as a barista and Bella is a clumsy architect who works down the street. Right. So the only similarities are some of the like kind of the archetype aspects as well as the names. And so when you write a good story that has a good arc to it, that has character development where you're actually telling a story, you're just using these characters almost like dolls, then I think you can take that out of the fandom and make it into a book if you do the work for that. Sure. I think there were a lot of people in fandom who had stories that were just little slices of life. And they were like, well, now I'm pissed because my fic doesn't work in this model and I'm not going to make any money, but now you're going to go make money. And I get that. Like all of this stuff is a totally valid conversation. It was very messy though. <laughs> it was oh, like, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I still write fic. And I, I think like there are some fandoms I would never imagine that anybody could publish a story from because they're so entrenched in the canon of the story. And I think that's probably what you're talking about with Peaky Blinders too, is they don't, they can't exist outside of that. I do feel like in this conversation, we, you know, we started by talking about joy. And I think when we come back around to the, the, the net of this conversation is (laughs) that ultimately fanfic has delivered so much joy to romance Mm -hmm. that, um, that, a lot of people would never have found. Like, I was never going to wander into the AO3, like, Twilight Boards or the fanfic.net Twilight Boards or what was it called? Twi- Twinet? Twi- Twilight. Twilighted. Twilighted. Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> Twilighted, right? I was never going to go there. 
Um, but like I have enjoyed, you named, you know, eight authors and I've enjoyed books by all eight of those authors at some point. So there's something really powerful about that and important. And I think that's the piece of it. That's really interesting. Can we also talk about sex though? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm really fascinated. Are they all sex? Is sex part of it? Like because it it has to be? I mean, is it sort of expected? I know there are clean ones, but does anyone read them? <laughs> well, you know what? I'll before you answer, I'll just say every year I've thought of doing like a twi- a, like a fanfic writing like unit with my middle schoolers and I'm like I can't do it. Cuz how am I going to prevent them from finding the filthiest yeah. shit? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's I mean, like it's, I'm just going to have to let that go. They probably find that yourself kids. It. Yeah, I know, but I that doesn't mean I can put it in my classroom. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? So, I mean, I think, you know, there are T-rated fics for sure. sure. Um, and I think one of the reasons why the sexy fics were so, so big in the Twilight fandom is that Bella and Edward were so horny. Like, they were <laughs> so... They were yeah, and it, so horny. And, and it was so many pages and pages and pages of being, you know, like denied. Bella wanted it so bad and he made her wait so long. And so I think once we had that ability to write the story, we were all just, we just had this pent up, like so many situations we (laughs) wanted them to have done it where they did it. Um, but I, you know, and it was fun to read other versions of like how they ended up together and how they found each other. I mean, there was this one fit called Tropic of Virgo, um, I hope it's still up. I really want people to go and discover these fics because it is so good and it's all, it's so poetic and like angsty and sexy and oh God, they were just some really amazing stories. Hey, w- that makes me think, will you guys, would you guys put together like a te- a list of like 10 fics that people should go check out if they, yep. do you, do you mind doing that for us? Oh yeah. I have gone to AO3 many times and I like bounce right off of it. Yeah. I my brain doesn't understand how to like die how to even get it done. You know, and I've tried to like narrow it down. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try and read this. And I'm just like so immediately overwhelmed by all of it that I just like wander away in confusion. And I feel like for other newbies like me, like having somebody say like, hey, here are some I enjoyed because then I assume like just like, I mean, because people who start in romance sometimes say that. Like, how do I know where to start? It's massive. And I feel like that's like a really big part of it. So, yeah, tell us what to read, please. For sure. And I think I think one thing that about AO3 that is great um, and also makes it overwhelming is that it is every fandom, right? So everything is there and the tags are all just like whatever you want them to be. So some of them are kind of inside baseball tags where it's like within the community, people know what that means, but you wouldn't know to search for it unless you're already there. Right. Right. Um, and it's just, it can be overwhelming. So I am more than happy to share, um, some fix from fanfiction.net from AO3, things that are just good stories. And there, and one of the things that's really cool too, is when there are mashups. So one of the ones that I'll share is called the blessing and the curse. It's by an author that was called, um, the black arrow. And, um, that is a mashup of weathering heights and twilight. And so it's like, it's really fun when they play with um, lunatic fanfic. Yep. (laughs) 
Uh, so this is all amazing. You, w- will you come again? We love having you so much. Yes, we love anytime. Having you talk to us um, anytime. And uh, I, but you all have a new book out, and we want to hear about that too. So <laughs> we do. That's true. Don't hesitate to hawk your wares here on Faded. It's a Beats. holiday romance, and everyone knows Jen and I love a holiday romance. Oh, I love a holiday romance. It's so. Is true. this your first holiday romance? It is, and I think the timing is perfect because it's called In a Holidays. The release date is October 6th. Um, and so one of the things that I love is that this is just a happy little slice of a book. It is meant to be a little pocket of joy for you to pick up and read to make you feel the season and just, like, fall in love with these two characters. And I just, I really hope that... Um, their story reaches people and makes them feel happy for a few hours because it was really fun to write and I think that's just what we need right now we just need a little escape yes so oh, yes joy agree. joy joy yeah um well we're so excited I'm doing an event I have not read it yet I have a copy on my desk but we are doing an event with you together when are we doing an event Jen you're not you're not doing an event with us. <laughs> I'm going to, like, stay home in bed and eat Ben and Jerry's and cry. Fine. You three have to <laughs> Please note that as part of my prepar- preparation for this episode, I did not mark down when or where we are doing this event. So, Lauren well, and Christina are going to have to I tell know. us. I know. Okay. So, we are doing, we're doing an event on October 21st. It's through a Zoom um, cast with North Shore Bookstore. It's at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on October 21st. And it is with Sarah McLean, Kennedy Ryan, Christina Lauren, and Sally motherfucking Thor. That's awesome. That'll be so fun for people. Um, Also, can I just say, it is the perfect Northshire is in Saratoga Springs, New York. And um, it is the perfect place to have a Christmas book launch because Saratoga, although probably not this year, um, every year does a Victorian Christmas walk every year at the holidays where people dress up and they have like carol singers and like roasted chestnuts that sounds Amazing. delightful all right the book is in a holidays it comes out october 6th stay tuned for christina and lauren's uh list of fix that you all should check out i'll put them in show notes along with a bunch of these books that we've talked about that are also from the twilight fandom so that people who might not know can maybe yes. look you know read more of these great books that have been around for a long time. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for coming Thank on to talk about things that bring we you joy. We had the best time. Yay! Bye! Bye. Hey, Jen and Sarah. Your podcast and hilarity has been getting me through the COVID-19 crisis. I listen to it while I work during the day. And all your talks about the books of Blooded You make me remember the book that Blooded Me, Once and Always, by Judith McNaught that I read for the first time when I was 14 in 2004. A Barnes & Noble uh, employee suggested to my mother before a trip to Florida as a beach read, but she of course never got to it and I ran out of my Gossip Girl series too early in the trip and turned to her book. Um, That started a lifelong love of crazy romance novels for me. And I have to say that with most of Judith McNaught's books, I look back and see some questionable things about it, but Jason Fielding ruined all men for me. And that was before I found less crazy authors like Sarah's books. So 
keep on keeping on and uh thank you so much for the podcast